you are listening to episode 349 of the New World Order. My name is Klaatu, and in this episode, we're going to do a CUPS tutorial. In the previous episode, I talked a little bit about what CUPS meant to me, and in this episode, I want to just really stick to the very technical side of CUPS, talk about how it works, why it works, and talk about all the different commands in the CUPS package. There are quite a few different commands. I don't know if I'll get to them all today, but I think I'm going to get definitely to the important ones. So this, I, I want this to be kind of a resource for, for people who are learning cups, essentially. So here's what cups is. It is a daemon. It's a daemon that manages printers in your environment. It makes them available to you, and it talks to them, and it makes sure that you have... It, it loads drivers that you need in order for the printer to be controlled correctly by your computer, and so on. Now, accordingly there's a daemon that needs to be running in order for you to be able to use cups. And in fact, I can kind of prove that to you if you uh, go to a internet browser and type in localhost colon 631. If you see a cups interface there, then you have cups running. If you do not, if you get some sort of error, then you don't have cups running. So I'm going to become root user on my system or if you, if you don't use root, you can just use sudo, uh, sudo bash, and then do whatever command it is that you do in order to check whether you've got a daemon running. And if you don't know what that is, it's probably systemctl, and then uh, space status space cups, something like that, maybe cups d. For me, on Slackware, it's uh, just, I'm going to do sh slash etsy slash rc dot d slash rc dot cups, and then uh, status and it says cups scheduler is running. Now, if I kind of poke around in this slash etsy slash rc.d, I see that there's actually an rc.cups and an rc.cups dash browse d. So you may have that daemon as well, and you are going to want to start that daemon as well if it's not also started. So on Slackware, again, it's just sh slash etsy slash rc.d slash rc.cups dash browse d space start. So now I've got cups and I've got the browse daemon, the cups browse daemon running. The browse daemon isn't a hundred percent necessary but it sure is useful. It is the thing that allows you to well browse a, a your environment, your computer environment for attached printers. That's that's a handy thing to have. So now whether you went to localhost 631 just now and got cups or got an error, you can go again now, you can reload that page, and it should definitely bring up a cups interface for you. It'll look like a web page, because it's running in your web map, your web browser, but it's not. It's actually, this is actually, this is the way that cups provides a user interface, a UI, a GUI, for you, for the user. You'll know that it's cups because it'll say it's cups. It's cups.org at the top, cups a version number at the top. You'll, you'll kind of recognize some of this stuff. Now, as I stated in the previous episode, CUPS is the standards-based open-source printing system. It says it's developed by Apple Inc. for OS X and other Unix-like operating systems. That's a little bit of a revisionist history, courtesy Apple Inc. They did not develop it. They maintain it now. They did not develop it. It was de not developed for OS X and other Unix-like operating systems. It was, it was developed for Unix-like operating systems, and Apple happened to adopt Unix at some point and was able to leverage CUPS, and then they purchased it. But this is definitely revisionist history. The intent is obviously for them to make you believe that Apple Inc. developed, literally develops, this system. They did not develop it. They maintain it. Anyway... This is cups. This is the the GUI for cups. Now I have a USB cable stretching literally across my office right now, uh, from my computer to my to a printer. I have a laser printer now, and um, eventually I want it to be networked. Actually, but um, I don't have a very robust network yet uh, in this living space, so it's not networked. And generally, I just use my work laptop and walk over to the printer, plug it into the USB port, and print. That's generally how I do that. But I do have a USB extension cable, so I hooked it up to my, my main computer, my Slackware box, so I have a printer attached, which is good. You, you would kind of want to have a printer attached. But it's worth noting that it doesn't have to be a USB-attached printer. It could be a networked printer. The, I think the typical thing for you to do with cups... Oh, and I should mention, sorry, the address could be either localhost colon 631, or if you prefer numbers, you can do 
0.0.0.1.631. Both of those mean the same thing. 127.0.0.1 is called localhost, colloquially. That's the, the human readable name is localhost. And localhost is always your computer, the one that you are sitting in front of right now, that is localhost. If you go to your laptop and start using it, now that is localhost. Localhost is always the one that you're using. So when you open a browser and point it at localhost, if you have a web server running on your computer, then it would go to localhost port 80, because that's kind of the default for web browsers. They, they know that if you're typing in a domain name, you want port 80 normally. If you don't want port 80, then you're able to override that default by specifying the port yourself. And the way that we do that is with a colon and then 631 in this case. 631 is the port that CUPS happens to, to speak to, 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 to communicate over. Ports aren't physical things in this context. Ports are software. These are software ports. They're imaginary places in software that that are used for communication. And any developer can pretty much arbitrarily choose any port to communicate over. Typically, developers try not to compete for ports. So everyone knows that 631 is the CUPS port. So no one would use, no one would write software that would default to 631, probably. I mean, someone could. It's perfectly allowable. You're allowed to do that. It's just people won't like it because then they'll have to change the port for either CUPS or the software that you've developed. But either way, 631 in this case is the port that, that the CUPS developers chose. And so when we point our computer or our, our browser rather to 631, we know that we're going to find CUPS waiting there for us as long as CUPS has been started. And it has been. We're confirming that now. And we got an interface here. And the interface is a little bit of a um, little bit of a it's, it's a little bit confusing possibly. This is pretty accurate to I mean this is pretty consistent with the old cups honestly. The the old cups interface wasn't all that great either. This one isn't much better. It's a little bit confusing. There's a lot of different sort of things going on here. So there there's three big headings: cups for users, cups for administrators, and cups for developers. So it seems like that would be pretty pretty obvious as to what is what, but it's actually a little bit. I find it still a little bit confusing, but I think the one that you're going to typically go to if you're here, if you're going to the to localhost 631, you're probably going here to add a printer. Possibly not. Maybe you want to monitor your print jobs that are in process or something, um, but let's assume that you're adding a printer because that's, I think, many times that's why you go to, to localhost 631. So you can... Uh, in the more or less the middle of the page under cups for administrators whether or not you consider yourself an administrator or not you're administering right now uh the the printer setup so you're an admin so click you, you would probably click adding printers and classes printers up on the upper left corner there's add printer find new printers and manage printers so again if you're here you're you, you're possibly adding a printer, but you could also click the find new printers. Uh, and if you've got that browse, that browse thing running, uh, it will quite possibly find a printer attached to your computer. I'm going to just go to add, add printer. Um, I've got a couple of different ad blockers and stuff like that. So it's intercepted by what looks like an error message, but I'll just close that. And then eventually I get a, um, oops, I just typed in the wrong password. So to, eventually I'll get authentication required and it'll prompt me. Now for this you want probably your root user uh, or someone with root permissions. So um, I just typed in my, my root user and the root password on Slackware, but you could, you know, possibly it could just be yourself with your uh, pseudo password on other systems. It kind of depends on how things are set up. And um, then it kind of lists everything that it's aware of. So it knows, it, it, it can see the local, it says it, it sees two local, three local printers, HP LaserJet P2015 series USB. That sounds like what I have because I know that it's a laser uh, printer. I know that it is a 2015 and I know that I do have it connected over USB. So that sounds like a pretty pretty likely target for me. It also sees another sort of version of that same printer without the USB specified. And then it's also got an HP fax, and I, I don't believe that that's correct at all. I think that's that's something 
something lower level on my system, probably, well, definitely driven by HP Lip, which is the Hewlett Packard, I don't know, printer interface that comes pre-installed. I think it comes pre-installed on Slackware. I don't remember ever installing it myself. It's actually quite useful, but I, I don't, I don't need it in this scenario. So um, it also says that there may be printers elsewhere, like networked printers, and it gives me a bunch of different options. App, Socket, HP, JetDirect, LPD, LPR, Host, or Printer, Internet Printing Protocol, that's IPP, Internet Printing Protocol, HTTP, uh, Backend Error Handler, Internet Printing Protocol, and twice with the Secure, HTTPS and IPPS, and then Windows Printer via Samba. So you kind of need to know what you're targeting, what you're trying to locate in, in this kind of scenario. Now, in, in this particular scenario, it hasn't discovered any networked printers because um, there are no networked printers on my, on my network. But sometimes you'll, you'll see a networked printer listed here somewhere, and sometimes you won't. Maybe it couldn't find it. But if you know the address yourself, and you know that that printer accepts one or more common protocols, then you can select the one that you want to to use and and point it to the IP address of that networked printer, and then you should be able to just print to that to that device. And it can be a little bit overwhelming because, especially for for network stuff, you you see all these different choices. You know, you see the IPP and the HTTP and the Samba and all these other different protocols, and you don't know which one to use. And the thing to know there is that you need to get to know your printer a little bit. You, you need to know what your printer is listening for. Because you can, you can know the IP address of a printer and try to print over IPP all day, but if the administrator of that printer has not activated IPP, then it's not listening for your incoming print jobs and it will ignore you. And maybe, maybe your admin expects you to use HTTP or Samba instead. And by admin, of course, I mean either a mythical IT staff member at, a, at an office, which may or may not be an issue right now, um, or it might be, you know, the manufacturer, or the, the vendor of the printer, the people who literally made the printer. If they don't, if they don't support one or the other, then you're kind of forced to use whatever they do listen for. And that's fine, because there's a lot of options here, but you just need to kind of know which ones are, are valid for you. And that's really, I feel like mostly that's the only thing that, it's, it's really a question of well, what, what's valid, what's a valid expectation rather than like what's best. Well, none of these are best. You just need to get your signal to the printer. It doesn't really matter whether you use IPP or HTTP or Samba or USB. It's just whatever whatever that printer will accept is what you want to use. Now, in my case, it's very, very easy. It's a USB printer. It's connected via USB. I mean, it is networkable, but it's not network networked right now, as I said. So the, the only choice that I have is the USB choice. So I'll click that and I'll continue. And then there's a little bit of a setup. And the setup is entirely up to you. It says that it's it, it has a name here, HP LaserJet P2015 series. That's a little bit verbose for me, so I'm just going to put HP LaserJet P2015. Description. Um, I'm going to put, yeah, so HP LaserJet P2015, uh, and then I'm going to put USB next to it, just so that I know which version, which 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 eight, which instance of this printer this this is. That's the description. There's also a place for a location, so I'm going to put Clatu's office, and then it says connection, and that's already filled out for me. So it knows what what protocol to use to reach this printer that it that it's already dis already discovered. And then there's an option to share this printer, and I'm going to activate that. Because that's a pretty cool little option where if a printer is connected to your computer, you can make it available to all those other, all the other computers on your network, which is handy in a, in a house uh, with that you share with other people. If you want them to be able to print to that printer without your intervention, then you're basically your, your, your computer becomes a throughput, a, th a through node for a print job. So you've just kind of made your printer a network printer, even though it's not a network printer, as long as your computer's on the network. Okay, so next is the uh, driver selection section, and this can be almost overwhelming. So it's got, it, it confirms everything that I've just provided, the name, the description, the location, the connection, 
uh, the fact that it's being shared. And now it's asking me for a make and model. So it's make HP, and that's correct. And then it says model HP LaserJet P2015 series, and a bunch of other stuff. And and that that seems about right to me. Like that that looks correct to me. Now confusingly, there's a bunch of other options that also look pretty much right to me. There's LaserJet P2015 series, PCL3, HP Cups 316.5, and so on. So there's like four different ones. I'm going to go with the default because I figure it's probably good enough. Um, the the actual the actual difference I think is the back end that it's using for the drivers. Uh, one is using the HP Lip thing, and one is using just HP Cups. I'm I'm not 100% sure on the difference between those two. Haven't ever bothered looking that up because it's never actually mattered. So I'm assuming it's generally not going to matter to you either for for whatever printer you would you would have. Now the the time that it does matter is when there's not when your model is not listed there so where do these models come from where all, all of these th this list of all of these hp printers that exist in the universe this is just a list of the drivers available to your computer right now that's what that is drivers uh for 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 printing from linux generally come from the fumatic package and you can look up Fumatic. Um, well, actually, I just got a bunch of um, got a bunch of Wikipedia links that I didn't want. Okay, here's Fumatic. Um, openprinting uh, dot dot GitHub dot io. Okay, it's not what it used to be. Openprinting dot org. I thought. Um, where is Openprinting these days? Openprinting.org? Let's try that. Yeah, openprinting.org. Oh, and that redirects to openprinting.github.io. Okay, I guess that's where they are now. Um, so Fumatic, or, well, Fumatic and GhostScript and a couple of different packages like that are bundles of various driver components for printers. The Fumatic collection is huge. It is, um, it has, I don't know, thousands, maybe hundreds, but it feels like thousands, I'm not sure, uh, of, of drivers. It is a database-driven system for integrating free software printer drivers with the CUPS printing system, and also with an easy-to-use command line interface for direct spoolerless printing. So there you go. Fumatic DB Engine, Fumatic DB, and Fumatic DB non-free. Fumatic database extension consisting of manufacturer-supplied PPD files released under non-free licenses, which which restricts in how they can be uh, redistributed. So that's um, that's what that's what these this list is is from. It is from openprinting.org. If you go to openprinting.org slash drivers, you can get a big list of all the drivers uh, available. It is huge. It's 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 just it just has so much more than you could ever imagine and I'm, I'm imagining that a lot of that is because probably a lot of printers don't actually use very different drivers anyway um, but those are the open source drivers for printers and it's it's a big deal now if that if, if Fumatic does not provide doesn't have a driver for the printer that you're using there's still a possibility that you can print to that printer using a PPD file a PPD file is a postscript printer description file. These describe the fonts and the paper sizes and the resolutions and maybe what trays are available for use and, and little things like that. Not super robust, but sort of the basics of what needs to happen for the printer to produce output. Sometimes these PPD files are available from the manufacturer's download site. And, and that's an important thing to understand too. Sometimes your driver isn't listed in Fumatic because it's available from the manufacturer, so you should go to the manufacturer, go to their driver download site, and see if they've got a driver download available for your platform. Sometimes they do. It's I know it seems surprising, but there were several, I think they were Ricoh printers uh, for a while that I, I would always need a driver for at, at this old job, and, and I think the Fumatic printer... Actually, I think it was in Fumatic, but they but the Rico manufacturer also had their own drivers, and um and would provide that from their site, so you could get those straight from Rico, install them, and and it would work quite well. And it had access to all of the different features that um, aren't always av available through Fumatic drivers. So I guess the 
the first, if you've purchased a printer, your first choice might be go to the manufacturer site, see if they've got Linux drivers. That might be the best, the best means of getting connected to that printer. If that fails, then make sure that you have the Fumatic driver uh, collection installed. It's probably in your software repository, or it may already be installed for you. In my experience, it typically comes pre-installed, but who knows? I don't know what you're running. Um, and then the third sort of um, last-ditch effort is a PPD file. Like I say, sometimes the PPD files are available even as part of a bundle, as, as part of something that your vendor provides other menu, uh, other platforms. So, for instance, if you grab the like a Windows driver or something and you unzip it, or you you yeah you unzip it, uh, then there might be a PPD file in there that you can use from Linux in order to describe to your computer to to cups how to talk to this printer. The 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 features which are provided by the driver, the features may be really just bare minimum. You know, if you've got some kind of fancy printer that claims that it can, I don't know, collate pages and uh, print things in reverse and do borderless printing and, and you know, whatever else they, they do, printers, those features are sort of unlocked, as it were, air quotes around unlocked, through a driver. So if all you've got is a PPD file, which basically just tells the printer, Hey, when someone sends you some text, here's how you generate that text. When someone sends you um, a paper, a page size, here's the ones that you have available to you. That sort of thing. So you get maybe the bare bones. You know, you don't get any of the sort of double-sided printing or, or borderless printing or, or whatever. But you get enough to talk to the printer, and that's generally a PPD file. And yeah, I found PPD files for printers in the most unlikely places. So if if you are faced with a printer that you cannot figure out how to talk to, do start looking for a PPD file. If you've exhausted all other options, the PPD file might be the thing that makes it work for you. Okay, so once you've done all of that, now you've got you've got either a driver specified or you've pointed it at a PPD file which is perfectly acceptable, then you can click Add Printer. And then it, it asks you to set some defaults. So the media size, I'll default to A4, because that's the size of paper I use now. Printout mode, normal. Media source, printer default. So that, again, that's kind of which tray, which paper tray to come out um, from. Double-sided printing, long edge or short edge? Uh, I always forget the, the, the correct answer to that. I'm going to say long edge just for for kicks. I'll set the default options and then it says printer. Default options have been set successfully and it gives me kind of a summary uh, and it's good to go. It's telling me that there's there are currently no jobs. Actually it looks like there are two old jobs possibly. I'm not really sure what those are. I'm gonna cancel that job and uh, I guess that was that. Okay, and cancel that job. Don't know what those are. Hope those aren't jobs that got created because I was adding the printer or something weird like that. But um, yeah, so you got a printer page here. Um, there are usually, there's usually somewhere in here, here it is, I think, maintenance print test page. You can print a test page uh, by clicking on on one of the fields on, within the, the sort of printer summary. It says, I've got maintenance and administration are the two fields that I have. And maintenance, you can print test job and so on, a bunch of different sort of maintenance tasks. I'm not going to do any of those because I don't want to, I, I don't need to, I don't feel the need to do those. But you can, you can do those things. Uh, and, and, and that's it. That's the printer. The printer has now been set up. If you go to the sort of the menu bar of the, of your little cups web page here and click printers, now you see that the H or whatever you've set up is now listed as an available as a, an, a, an available device. You can click on jobs to get a, a summary of all the print jobs that are in process. None of them are right now. Uh, or you can go back home for that main that main screen, that main menu. If you need to remove a printer, you can go to printers again. You can click on the printer name, and then again in those little drop-down fields, maintenance or administration, go to administration, go to delete printer and delete the printer. I'm not going to do that right now, but you could also do a administration modify printer, and that'll get you kind of back to your main uh, screen where you, you, basically it takes you through the process of adding the printer again, but you can choose, you know, you can choose different different drivers to, to test out whatever it is that you need to test out, really. Um, I might even try, now that I'm here, I'm going to go to um, HP LaserJet, and reset and set it to the HP cups rather than 
HPIJS just to kind of see what happens, honestly. Okay, now I've, re I've reset that. So either way, whatever happens with, with your setup, the error log of cups is located in slash var slash log slash cups slash error log. And you can always refer to it if something doesn't happen the way that you expect it to happen. So that's an important thing to, to be aware of. If you need to see why cups is not responding in the expected way, check out its error log. It can very free, frequently explain to you what's missing from your setup. For instance, maybe you think you've got the right driver, but actually it's the wrong driver. The error log will probably alert you of that. Or if you're missing a PPD file or whatever the, the problem might be, it's, it's, a, it's a good place to troubleshoot. Hopefully you don't need to ever look at that and everything just kind of works, but you know, it's good to know about. So anyway, let's talk now about what's really happening on that back end. I mean, Cups in itself is kind of a back end, right? It's the back end to all that nice printer selection stuff that you might do through system settings, but there's a back end to, to, to Cups even, and, and those are the, that's the infrastructure of, of Cups configuration and so on. So the first thing that, I mean, now that we've set up a printer, we should be able to locate the the file that has been created for that printer. Uh, it is kept in a file called printers.conf, which is in cups, which is in slash etc. So if I do a less on slash etc slash cups slash printers.conf, I see that sure enough, there is a printer here. It says it's a printer configuration file for cups written by cupsd on today's date. Do not edit this file when cupsd is running. Okay, I won't, I won't edit it, I promise. So the first, it's a little XML file, sort of, and um, it it opens a printer element with the name HP LaserJet P2015, and that, those are underscores. So this is the name, if you recall, in the setup configuration screen. There was a name, and then there was a description. Well, that's the name. That's the one with all the underscores. It's the one that was kind of auto-generated for me. I took off the underscore series, but I, I kept just the just the important stuff. Next line, we sort of drop all pretense of XML at this point. So it's just, this is one big XML uh, content um, element, and it's info HP LaserJet twenty oh UUID, and it gives me a, a big long string of 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 a unique ID, I guess. Uh, it gives me info about the, the printer, location, office, make, model, HP, blah, 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 HP cups, device, URI. It gives me the location of the device, state idle, state time. It gives me a timestamp. Config time gives me a timestamp, and so on. So it, it, it's it's all the little configuration options that that we went through during the setup, set, uh, setup stage here in text form in slash Etsy slash cups. So that's pretty useful to know about, not something that you're necessarily going to use, and obviously as it as it says very clearly, don't use it while CUPS-D is running, just let CUPS-D manage it, but it is there, that's good to know. The other thing that you've got here, well you've got quite a lot here, but we're not going to go through them all, but another thing that you do have available to you is the CUPS-D conf itself, and there you'll see important options like where what port it's using. You remember I was talking about the ports. Well, it, it says right here that the the, the listen for the listen um, configuration option says localhost colon 631. Now, if you changed that to something else, then you'd be using a non-standard port, but you could use it, and then you'd have to just remember, don't go to 631, go to you know, 636 or whatever you chose. So it provides a port and a Unix uh, socket. It talks about uh, whether the web interface is being is allowable, is, is something that you can use. That's set to yes by default here. I don't know what it would be on your system, but if you're not finding the web interface, maybe this would be the place to check to make sure that that's enabled. Yeah, and there's a bunch of other options I'm not going to go through, but you, you kind of get the idea. That's the cupsd.conf file. It's important to, to know about. Okay, so those those are the, the, big, the big important um, files in slash Etsy slash, uh, slash cups. There's also a PPD folder which contains PPD files. In this case, there's an HP LaserJet P2015.ppd, which I imagine was copied over there by uh, the CUPS configuration process. It looks like it is a um, created by the CUPS PPD compiler, CUPS uh, copyright by HP Development Company LP. So yeah, so this this thing was um, this thing was generated for me when I 
when I um, when I've added my printer just now. So that's really good to know about. That's the one that's being used by my printer now. You could, if you have a better PBD file for some reason, you could put that in there and see if it was better for you. Who knows? But that's where you could keep PPD files that are necessary for your for your system. Okay, so that's that's cups, the user interface, and a little bit about the infrastructure. Let's go get a coffee break, and then let's talk about some of the other commands associated with cups because they're really really useful to know about and kind of cool. <laughs> from coffee break I've been uh, as I was waiting for you to return because I've I've already got my coffee um, I've been reading through my Unix system command summary from 1982 this little cheat sheet type book a little reference manual here formerly owned by Mr. Aiken uh, who I guess is a major in the Department of Information Management something like that um, and it looks like there were some commands for printing start with LP, uh, such as LPQ, which was report status of jobs on print spooler Q, LPR, spool output to line printer, LPRM, remove jobs from the print spooler, LP test, generate a printer ripple test, and that's about it. So really LPR, LPQ, LPRM. I, I would say that was the, that's the, the summary of those. Um, and those were the commands. Those were the commands to do things on traditional Unix, let's say, back in, oh, not, not 1982, 84, sorry, 84. This is a copyright, 1984 by AT&T Bell Laboratories. Uh, oh, no, by Specialized Systems Consultants. Unix is tr uh, copyright, is trademarked by AT Bell, uh, Bell Laboratories. Um, so that's, those were the commands for Unix to manipulate the printer and uh, the, the way that that was done, as, as you can kind of imagine, is that you would send a job off to a print spool, which was just a, a place on your hard drive. It was just a, a, a software convention. We'll call this a spool. So you'd, you'd, you'd put something into the spool, and then when it, uh, when it was able, it would pass the information on from the spool to an available printer, and the printer would then produce output of whatever was in the spool. Now, if if your file was in the spool, then it would be listed as a job, a print job that was pending. If it was printing, then it would be a print job that was in progress, and then when it was finished, it would go away. So if you if you wanted to stop a job from printing, printing then you could use the LPRM um, command to remove a specified job from from the spool before it got to the printer. So there you go, that's traditionally, that's how this was done. Now today, the more common method for this is to use the CUPS interface that we already talked about, that little web, the web interface. You can go to the localhost 631, you can click on jobs, and you can look at what's in your, your, your print spool, and you can kill those jobs, you can reorder them, you can pause them, all, all that sort of thing. Um, but but it's, it's good to know about the, the commands involved as well. And there are quite a few commands provided, along with cups, to mimic the old LP commands that you might see, or you might have used on, on a traditional Unix, or before you became familiar with cups, because frankly, LP style commands, the, the LP commands in, in many cases still do work. They, they'll still send a job to a printer. Um, whether or not you'll have access to all the, the fancy features of that printer or whether you can figure out how to make those fancy features work from the LP command interface is a different question, of course, but it's something that, that you might be used to and you might need if you're, if you're on a headless system. You may not really have convenient access to localhost 631 through a web interface. So we'll, we'll talk about uh, some of the the LP commands and the LP commands have been sort of redefined by by cups. They've been almost maybe not redefined but re reprovisioned by by cups along with cups. And this this can be useful. 
So for instance, we can get um, an LP stat dash cups. Now that's not exactly a, that's not the same, obviously that's not the same, the same command um, as, as LP, what would it have been? LPQ, I think, or LP, well anyway, it used to be LP admin was the command, uh, as I recall. So uh, LP stat, all one, all one string, LP stat dash cups with no arguments, Oh, with no arguments, it gives me absolutely nothing. That's surprising to me, actually. Um, let's do lp lp stat dash cups dash d. Uh, let's see if there's actually a long option for that. No, of course there's not a long option for that. So lp stat dash cups dash d provides the default destination. That's what that does, and it tells me system default destination is hp underscore laserjet underscore p twenty fifteen. Now again, that's the name. That's the name that I provided. I, I overrode the name. It was HP LaserJet 2015 series initially, and I took off the series. So this is the the human readable name that I provided the thing uh, when when adding the printer. And I, I'm kind of emphasizing those things because those are the you know those values. A lot of times you think, well, I don't know what those values are gonna. I'll probably never see those values again. Well, you will. So making them descriptive and useful is is very frequently something that's that's good. It's, it serves you well. Um, we could also do, let's see, LP stat dash uh, cups dash H for shows the for showing the server host name and port, and that tells me that it's var run cups cups dot sock. So that's kind of interesting that it's using, as far as it knows, it's using the Unix socket. I was I was not exactly aware of that myself, to be honest. Uh, you can also do an LP stat cups dash R to see if the scheduler is running. So dash R for I guess running. The the big one that you want if you want all of the information dash T gives you all status information. So it's like a dash R and a dash delta D for uh, delta dash C dash V dash A dash P and dash O. So all of those all of those options. It just gives you a big dump of all the information, and that's quite useful. It's it's mo more or less akin to going to cups lo or lo rather localhost 631, and then clicking on the printers tab up at the top, the little black menu bar, and and then it'll it, it shows you you know a list of all the available things. That's basically what you're getting from LP stat. So that's LP stat dash cups. That's a useful one to kind of know about. Now there's also LP cups. And this is the big one. This this is basically the LPR, because LP cups, like LP before it, um, prints files. So if you want to submit a print job from a terminal, you can do that with LP um, LP cups, which again used to be, according to this 1984 manual and my own memory of it, not not back to 1984. I haven't been using Unix that long. Um, but uh, that's essentially the LPR command. I'm just verifying that I'm I am remembering that correctly. LPR command, or was it just LP? No, it was just L it was LPR. I do kind of remember that there was an LP though, so I'm not I'm not exactly sure what I'm thinking of when I say that. That's okay. It's all right. Um, LPR. That's I guess that's it. I guess I was wrong about there being an LP in my memory because. I'm looking at an old document of mine, and I do I do reference LPR. So yeah, the the process here is actually pretty simple. It is LP dash cups, and then the name of the file you want to print. So if you have, for instance, uh, foo.txt, you send that to your printer, and it would then print that file. Now I'm not going to do that right now because I don't want my printer to start printing. But you know what I could do is unplug my printer. And then do an LP cups foo.txt. Oh, I don't have, I don't actually have a foo.txt file. Okay, well here is a, um, I need a text file. Here's a, uh, here's a text file. Okay, so I'm gonna do LP cups e, uh, cheat dot emacs. That's my little cheat sheet for emacs that I keep for myself. It says requested ID is HP blah 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 one file. Okay, so it 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 appears to have sent something to my printer. So now if I go to localhost 631, click on the jobs tab. I see that there is a job called unknown. It is withheld, the, the username is withheld because I'm probably not privileged enough to see it. Uh, and it's it's been held for about, I don't know, less than a minute now. Now I can, uh, I can hold the job, I can cancel the job, I can move the job. I'm just gonna cancel both of these jobs. 
I'm assuming one of them is the um, the fake job, the foo.txt. It's kind of what I am assuming. I don't actually know for sure. I'm going to do it again. Send send another job to to the to the non-existent printer just to see. Yeah, okay. There's only one entry there. Just wanted to kind of verify that 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 there being two jobs didn't what wasn't indicative of of some weird problem. That looks right. So I've canceled that job as well. So that's that's not going to because what'll happen is that a job will kind of sit in your spool and then when you plug your printer in next, uh, unless that spool has been has been um, cleared. Uh, it'll it'll start printing to your printer, so I, I don't want that to happen. So I've cleared it. So that's LP cups, and that's the the easy use case of that is to simply point it to a file, and and it sends that file to your printer. It's pretty pretty useful actually. And there there are lots of options with LP stat. You can do things like dash m send an email when the job is complete. It's probably overkill for anything I'll ever do with my printer, but it's it's there. It's an it's an option. You can also do um, dash uh, uh, Q for priority, but that's not the one I was thinking of. Dash, uh, oh, N for, uh, I guess, number of copies. So that's how many copies to print. A dash T to set the name of the job. That seems pretty useful. Uh, and there are a couple of other sort of driver-related options, which are um, sort of a, a kind of a way around the LP options command. So if, for instance, you want to set a non-default paper size, you could do dash O media equals and then the name of the size that you want. For instance, A4 or letter or legal or, or A5 or whatever. Uh, dash O orientation dash, wait, A5 or, yeah, A5. I don't, I don't know if there's a legal equivalent in the A series. I know that there's, it starts really, really big at A1 or A0 and cut, gets cut in half a couple of times. I don't know what half of a, what what makes a legal. I never really understood legal paper at all. Anyway, dash O orientation dash requested equals, and then the, the rotation that you want. So equals four apparently rotates at 90 degrees. I don't really understand that one. Dash O sides equals one-sided or, well, one-sided or two-sided. If you want to be specific about how it does the two-sided, you could do two-sided-long-edge or two-sided-short-edge, and so on. Oh, scaling? Scaling is good. Fit to page. Dash O, fit, dash two, dash page. And even um, how many pages per page? How many, How many? you know, uh, what do they call them? Uh, not pages, um, whatever they call them. I, I'm, I'm blanking on the terminology. But uh, yeah, how many how many screens you want per page. So if you want a two up, you can do dash O, a number dash up equals, and then two, four, or six, or nine, or whatever your options are. So that's um, that's LP cups. Now from what I can tell, and we can verify this, I guess, I'll do an which LP, and then I'm gonna do an LS dash L user bin LP, and it sure enough does forward to LP dash cups. So all of the, I guess, you know, what, what one might think of as the traditional LP series of commands are actually just symlinks, at least on Slackware, to the dash cups version of those same commands. So if you're actually used to certain command names, then, um, then you have access to those that way. Now I'm going to be curious to see what LPR is forwarded to, and that is forwarded to LPR cups. I didn't actually know there was an LPR dash cups. Well, let's do an LPR-cups then, or just LPR because again, it's a symlink to the same place. Uh, LPR does basically the same thing as far as I can tell as LP. Um, it does have a couple of different options, which is interesting to see and surprising. Uh, for instance, if you want to set the name of the job, it's dash C, dash capital C or dash capital J or dash capital T for the title of the job. Um, there's no there's no number of pages options, as far as I can tell. Oh, there are, um, but it's a very interesting syntax. Interesting. I don't know the purpose of LPR versus LP at all. I don't know why there are two different two different versions of this of the functionality. Um, maybe LPR dash cups is simply more more, uh, you know, truer, like, backwards compatibility with LP. I'm not really sure. I just thought LP-cups was the only option, so I didn't even know there was an LPR. But it looks to me like, uh, yeah, 
there there are definitely LPR functions here from 1984 that are mimicked here in LPR-cups. So I do believe that that's probably the reason. Even, for instance, the weird, weird um, option to print multiple copies. So for instance, if you want two copies of a, of a page, the option is dash hash or dash octothorpe or whatever you call that pound symbol, the pound symbol, the hashtag. Um, whatever you call that, it's dash hash and then the number. And of course, in, 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 in bash, a hash is a comment. So it's, it's very, very surprising and sort of almost, almost, um, almost what, disruptive or, 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 or upsetting to see something with a dash comment sign uh, as as an option, so that's it's quite interesting that that's exi- that that exists. But it does exist, and it is it is here in the um, in the lpr dash cups command, which uh, yeah I probably w- honestly would not use. I think I would just use uh, lp, and I think that is kind of what I've been using um, when I do use it directly from a terminal because I didn't. I don't remember thinking that there was an LPR command. A couple of different commands as well, like LP options, LPQ dash cups, LPRM dash cups. Again, that that helps you remove jobs from your spool. LP stat we already covered. So I'm I'm not going to necessarily go through each and every one of those commands because the the functionality is essentially um, you know it's it's all basically the same, right? You can you can you can send jobs to your 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 computer to your, to your spooler rather and then you can um, you can affect them through some of these different commands so lprm for instance is pretty much as you'd expect it's lprm and then the job that you want to remove jobs are specified by number and the way that you get the number is well let's do let's send something to our fake little printer again okay so it did that now when you when i first when i first send the job it tells me what the number is so it says request id is hp laserjet p2015 dash 35 now we know the name of our printer is hp underscore laserjet underscore p2015 so this dash 35 thing seems a little bit unusual and it's unusual because that's the id that's the job id the job id number is right there so if i wanted to then remove that job i could do lprm and then 35 and now if i do an lp what would it be lp stat lp stat uh it tells me nothing it tells me that nothing is um is there so what i really want to do actually is lpq that queries my printer for for jobs uh so i'm i'm gonna in order to make that useful i have to do an lp cups cheat.emacs again so i'm sending a new job to my printer and now lpq is my query function for 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 my print spool so lpq uh, it shows me that there is the rank first owner is clat2 job number 36 files cheat.emacs size 1024 bytes so now i know without any kind of ambiguity and upon request i know the job number which is 36 and so now I'll do an LPRM 36. It, it silently removes that job. It doesn't give me any kind of exciting confirmation. But if I do LPQ again, uh, it tells me that my printer is not ready, which is correct. I unplugged it, uh, and that there are no entries there, meaning there are no jobs right now. There are no jobs uh, in my spooler. And that's pretty simple. Um, this is all very, very beautiful, as you can probably tell. I mean, this is this is a finely tuned little system where as long as you've got your printer plugged in and set up and everything, you can just interact with it from the terminal or from your little web interface, and it's all looking at the same information. There's no layer of abstraction getting in your way. It's all very, very much like what you think you see is actually what you have. And I really, really like that about 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 this system. I, I quite, quite like it. I like the, the kind of direct, as direct as I feel like it, sort of can be i feel like this is this is that this is as direct as as one could expect okay so there are a couple of different or there are a couple of other commands included with cups but um not all of them are necessarily all that relevant um i mean they may be but most of them i mean several of them are deprecated there are some ppd utilities that are 
deprecated that are going to be removed, so I don't feel like it's all that important or worth necessarily talking about in detail. They have to do with PPD file management. So for instance, if for some reason you've got PPD files that need to be merged or need to be converted into some other format, there are some PPD utilities like PPDC, PPD HTML, PPDI, PPD Merge, PPD PO, and those uh, provide utilities around PPD files, but they are all deprecated. They're not going to be in cups. Probably by the time you hear this, they'll have been cycled out for all I know. So I'm, I'm not going to go through them. Um, plus, I don't have PPD files that I would never, I would need to merge myself. I, I've never really come across that in my, in any of my experiences. Uh, there is also a, a cups cancel, or rather, I think cancel cups command, which uh, is kind of a nice panic button. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it has other uses as well, but it, it is, it's kind of a nice. Um, oh my gosh, cancel all jobs. So it's cancel, um, I need to probably come up with the actual, yeah, cancel dash cups. So it's cancel dash cups and then dash A for all. And that cancels all jobs on the on on your destination printer, um, which, which is important um, to specify your destination because all means all. And if you are printing to several different printers and you don't provide a destination printer, then all jobs on all printers are canceled. So you'd want to, You'd want to um, you'd want to d- determine you know what what your actual target is, but uh, generally the 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 syntax is going to be that um, the job name of uh, of the uh, or the rather the yeah the name of the job. So for instance, in, in that one example, I did the um, HP underscore laser jet or whatever it is underscore P twenty fifteen dash thirty five. That that's I, I give that whole string as the cancellation so that it knows what printer to go to and what job ID to cancel from that printer. So that's the, the typical syntax. And like I say, if, if you just do cancel-cups-a, that'll cancel everything available to your spool. Could be, could, could be useful. I mean, it, it's, it, it's not a horrible thing if you accidentally send, you know, some huge document to a printer or something and you just need to, to, to stop everything and cancel, cancel cups. Very, very useful. Um, let's see, there's also the um, cups config, which is uh, sort of, it provides insight into your current configuration for cups. It is specifically geared towards application developers so that they can determine what kind of options they need to uh, enable for, for you know, writing drivers or um, for installing things to target cups as, as, as it's as its subsystem. I've never used this. I don't exactly know what it would be used for, really. I mean, I've never tried to develop software that speaks to printers, much less that needs to speak to printers in any meaningful way. But if you do a cups config without any arguments, kind of gives you a little help message, and then you can do things like dash dash build, and it it confirms for you what what version of cups you're running on on this thing. Um, let's see, API version. What API version is it using? Uh, where, where, where does the cups actually live? Uh, dash dash server bin, the the server bi- the binary executable for to, that that activates cups itself. That's for my system slash user slash lib sixty four slash cups and so on. So it's a little bit of a just an inf- information sort of introspection uh, command, and that is cups dash config. There's also cups test DSC and cups test PPD, which, uh, as you can imagine, would be for uh, verifying, for instance, a PPD file. Certainly, that would be important for you if you were designing um, designing a, a postscript descriptor for for your for your printer or for a printer that you're for some reason maybe doesn't have a doesn't have a descriptor. You're you're designing one from scratch, which does not sound fun at all. Uh, Cups test DSC does the same thing, but it's it's deprecated. And then finally, 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 the last one I think is IPP tool. Now I can't I can't demonstrate this one because I don't have anything hooked up over a network in this in this case. I've got everything. I've got my printer hooked up with to USB, and that's it. So I can't demonstrate it. But it it is a it is an IPP uh, request generator 
So you can you can talk to your printer that is attached via IPP. So you would have had to configure your printer through CUPS to use the IPP protocol, the Internet Printing Protocol, and or yeah, in, Internet Protocol Printer, something like that. Um, and and then you can you can talk to that machine that that. That printer. So, for instance, you could do IPP tool IPP colon slash slash, and then let's say localhost slash printer slash HP underscore laserjet underscore P twenty fifteen, which again was the name that I gave to my printer when I first um, when I first started. And then you could do, uh, for instance, git dash completed dash jobs dot test, and it will return to you a list of completed jobs. You could um, send. You request an email notification to a specific user when there's a change to the printer. So if you're the admin of that printer, you might want this to happen. Uh, IPP tool dash D recipient equals mail to colon your name at example.com. Uh, IPP colon slash slash localhost printers, the name of your printer, and then create dash printer dash subscription dot test. So for instance, or rather in other words, this is, um, I, I guess you could call it sort of an API into, you know, over the IPP protocol into your printer. It can be very useful. It can be a great way to manage and monitor a printer on a network. It's something that absolutely would be useful for someone managing several printers. So if you're the IT person at, a, at an office and you have several printers on every floor of the building and you want to make sure that something is is monitoring those things this is huge ipp tool is really really nice for that i've used it before um for for very very small purposes um but you could go crazy with it i imagine i mean i don't i don't know if it existed when i was managing lots and lots of printers across different buildings across different floors i i don't think it was um, if it was, I think I would have really, really tried to use it, um, but I would have had to reconfigure everything to be using IPP because um, a lot of the printers did not at the time, uh, just because that was the setup. That was just the, sort of the, the, we just had no reason to use IPP necessarily. It was, you know, flip of a coin and IPP didn't win on that day, so we weren't using it, but could, could have used it, could have been useful. So that's IPP tool. And I think that's about everything. I mean, I might have skipped over one or two. Uh, no, I didn't. That was everything, actually. That was all the commands in CUPS. And a pretty thorough overview of CUPS and what it provides to you, both from the internet web browser and a terminal. So don't think that just because you're using CUPS, you've lost access to all those old school Unix commands. You've still got them. They may or may not be suffixed with dash CUPS. They might have symlinks to the old ones. Who knows? Point is, you can use those commands. You can do things. You can interface with a printer through a terminal with ease or through a web browser. You've got, or through a front end like your settings or your system settings. So lots and lots of choices. Use whatever works for you. Use them all at different times. Doesn't matter. It's a great little system. It is as, it is, it, it, it does as much as I think anyone can possibly do for printing in general. You know, printing is a miserable experience. I can't stand it. I, I try to avoid it as often as possible. Sometimes it's got to happen. Cups makes it somewhat tolerable. I hope this has been helpful. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next time. Cast. This has been Klaatu. You can reach me on IRC. I'm on the Freenode network usually in channels such as Augcast Planet, Slacker Media, Slackware, a couple of others. My nick on IRC is not Klaatu. You can also reach me lately on Mastodon. My username there is at Klaatu at Mastodon.xyz. Of course, you can email me at klatu at member.fsf.org. That's klatu at member.fsf, as in free software foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time.
tried everything. You ain't seen nothing yet.